Season 1, Episode 12 of No Pyro, the podcast for Armada Fancast, where we talk all things Jacksonville Armada. Uh, this week's episode, we'll be taking a look at the Armada 2-0 victory over Pensacola, um, and we'll look ahead to this week's match, uh, key match against uh, the New Orleans Jesters, and we'll look ahead to what's remaining on the schedule. Joining me this week, we have Derek. What's going on, everyone? So we survived another long road trip down I-10 to Pensacola this week. I'm glad to be back. Uh, yeah, we are joined by uh, uh, a Motherwall guy. I, I, I can't say it right. What, what, what firm was he from? Saturday, Saturday, Saturday service. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> I kind of so set myself up for that one. Shout out to uh, our visitor, from, uh, David, from uh, Motherwell. Brought a little uh, color to the... Uh, uh, to the festivities uh, yeah, there he, in Pensacola. You'll actually be at the Jester's game as well, so uh, yeah. across the pond just to watch uh, the Jacksonville Armada. So yeah, that was pretty cool. See, gets to see two matches in a week. And uh, so if you come to the match on Wednesday at Hodges Stadium, be sure to stop by and say hello to David. You'll know who he is, believe me. You will yeah, know. We only have a couple Scottish guys there. He'll, he'll stand yeah, out. What, what, one of the two Scottish guys. So uh, let's go ahead and talk about the lineup for uh, the, the match of Pensacola. Uh, a little bit of a different look again, would you say, Derek? Yeah, so um, we saw someone new in the NPSL season uh, up on top. Uh, we didn't have Angus Taylor there. They had uh, uh, De Silva up on top, which we have seen before, but not, in, not since the Open Cup. And what's, so, his first, what's his uh, first name? Uh, Paulo, not sailor, not 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 sailor. Uh, okay. Autocorrect kind of uh, kind of did me in there. All right, just checking just to be sure. Go ahead. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, he's a big, bulky guy. Takes up space in the midfield. Uh, he's not going to get pushed around. He's kind of going to bully people um, on that front line, push the line, and give the wingers a chance. We had uh, Adriano starting up on the left with Coimbra on the right. Um, in the midfield from left to right, we had Micah Thomas on the left, Linus Dahl with a pairing of Teddy West in the midfield, Richard Thompson on the right, and we had our normal back line of uh, Arton Redmore, Miles Shanley, and Alex Smith. Uh, in goal was uh, Michael Gary, which we haven't seen in a while. I think his last game was against um, uh, the Florida Roots away when we he had a miscue um, that led to a goal right at the end, and then there was another uh, miscue. So it, it was good to see him get another opportunity out there against Pensacola. And, uh, yeah, what did you think about the lineup, Dan? Um it was, it was um, good to see Garrity back between the sticks, and he picked up that uh, that one thing I've been looking for all season, that first clean sheet. Or great. Oh, no, clean, clean. <laughs> my other obsession, clean sheet, oh, which we okay. got. And uh, we want to thank uh, Mr. Garrity for coming over and celebrating with us after the match as well. We'll just leave that, uh, let that lie where that is. Um, what happens in Pensacola stays in Pensacola. Um when also, Tommy, when it, when Tommy ain't around, <laughs> well, let's let's talk about that. Uh, we had a special guest coach uh, this week, uh, Matty Isles, uh, Matty Isles, sorry, um, and uh, also Patrick Gailey, uh, sort of uh, running things, and so another uh, surprise Armada coach with a perfect record. Yeah, so it's a uh, it it. it... 
I didn't even know until we got to the game and I started asking around. Apparently, uh, uh, the Coach K is expecting a, a newborn here uh, any day now. So it's kind of exciting for his family, and I get why he wasn't there. Family comes first, and uh, uh, the boys seemed ready to go from the start. Yeah, I think he uh, he was uh, very active uh, with instructions over the phone. And we have some uh, post-game comments from uh, Matty Isles as well, so we'll get to that at the, at the middle of the podcast. So let's get to, let's get into the match. Let's, uh, I know you had a chance to kind of, since we were there, you know, sometimes you miss some of the details. You had a chance to review the match. So why don't we talk about that a little bit? Yeah, I, I haven't seen all of it yet, but I did watch most of it. Um, from the kickoff, though, the, the boys seemed ready to go. Um, I know in the first couple minutes, um, Thompson on the right-hand side, he was able to get down the line and put a beautiful cross in that just no one was there. Like, everyone ended up just looking around at, like, how great of a cross where the keeper couldn't get it, defense couldn't get it. And if anyone got to the end of it, it was going in the back of the net. So it, it was... They had their front foot forward at the start. It was pretty good. Thompson... Um, uh, he played an excellent first 20 minutes of the game. Um, I, I know Armada had a few chances, and even Pensacola had a couple chances in the counterattack, or they had a couple, uh, they had a free kick that was um, stopped by, du- um, not Dubervik, uh, Gary. It was kicked right at him at one point, and then there was a, uh, a corner that was taken that was, Gary was able to clean up pretty easily. But besides those two opportunities, it seemed like it was just really armada was controlling the game in the first little bit yeah definitely definitely for sure um i do seem to recall um like i said with all the distractions and everything that was going on i do seem to recall a shot that uh, went off the bottom of the uh, crossbar um and was a lucky deflection to the uh Puts Cole a keeper. I can't remember what minute that was, though. Yeah, I think that was uh, later in the uh, first half. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was that we, we definitely had our chances early um, going. Um, but it was, for, for the most part, we had our front foot forward. But it's, the game had uh, did change, though, in the 22nd minute, though. Um, Thompson who was uh, having a great first game, probably his best 20-minute stretch of uh, as an Armada player. He ended up uh, having to hustle back and uh, make a stop along and concede a, a corner kick along the end line. And soon as he, um, soon as he, he got the ball out of bounds, you, he knew something was wrong. He ended up... Uh, uh, sitting down outside and then realized, oh, shoot, they're about to restart play. So we got back in uh, in right. play so that the trainers can come out. Uh, we found out later in the game that he's been dealing with some hamstring issues. And right. so he had to sub himself out. Right. When I first saw that, I thought he maybe he'd stubbed his toe on the, uh, it's exactly on the artificial the turf. That's exactly I did. Right. Yeah. And it uh, turns out it was a little bit more than that because I thought, boy, he's coming off for a stubbed toe. He must have hit, the, you know, hit it pretty hard. But like you said, we found out later that uh, – uh, hamstring issue, so uh, not so good to see that. Um, who came on for him? Was it uh, Jed? Jed Bowman came on. Captain Bowman. Right, and Jed did his usual hard work and hustle. Uh, yeah, and, and, and he got a haircut too. He had that uh, uh, low cut. He, he kind of got closer to my haircut. 
Yeah, you have definitely uh, more aerodynamic. Uh, yeah, everyone's trying to be me. We were talking about those Armada haircuts. This is another favorite subject of mine. All right, so <laughs> we're, so we're, anyway, I'm getting us off track. Where are we at? So uh, Jed comes in 22nd minute. Um, a couple minutes later, though, um, after we have an attack, Roots are actually trying to play out of the back. And they just, they're right back. I don't know who the guy's name is. He just kicks it right to the center of the pitch. Who Coimbra is right there. And all he has to do is slide the ball um, right into um, uh, De Silva. And De Silva is just in on goal with the keeper. And he doesn't miss that. Like he right. just put it in the back of the net. And they're up one nothing at that point. Right. We get, you know, got that, that finishing that we love to see. Yeah. So, and then two minutes later, the Armada had another build up play. Um, the ball ended up uh, going out to the left hand side and ended up getting cycled back out to Teddy West. And he finds, he, he sends a ball into the middle where Edu is. And the defense kind of collapsed on Edu. And Edu just slips it right in between three guys. And for some reason, they're the. Pensacola's left back never came up with the rest of the team, so he kept De Silva, who was still a little up in the play, onside. And he had, in two minutes later, he had a second goal of the game with a wide open chance. So, what what was your thoughts at that point? Where twenty seven <coughs> minutes in the game, we got two goals, and it, it seems like a lot of one way traffic at that point. Yeah, I thought at that point we were going to run away with it. Um... I thought finally we'd found that spark of uh, of last season, and we we're going to start, you know, pounding on a little bit. But yeah, especially since this is a Pensacola team that um, twice in I think what about a week at one point in this year they lost to Southern States by about eleven, twelve goals somewhere on there, uh, be- over a course of two games. Yeah, so I think so, they, something like that. Yeah, so they they've had um, lapses at times. Um, where teams have been able to put them past them. Right. And I kind of thought that was, this was our time. Yeah. Didn't so, quite turn out um, that way. But so later in the match, um, th- there was one player that stood out to me in that first half, and that was uh, Alex Smith. Uh, he was playing that right, the center three. And in the 39th minute, especially, it just, he's just locked in right now. There was a moment that, he he noticed that they were trying to break out of their their back, and even before the pass was made, he made a sprint to the midfield to intercept the ball where it was going, where the player was going to be, even before the guy uh, picked up his head and opened up his hip to ma- uh, hips to make the pass. And on that play, he ends up going forward, beats a couple guys. He ends up playing it with Adriano. They work the ball around that left-hand side, work the ball in the box. Adriano ends up finding Smith. And instead of, like, turning and shooting, which he probably could have had a very good shot, unselfishly, he just passes a light-touch ball back out to the top of the box where Linus Dahl is, who sails it over the crossbar and into the parking lot. Um, What was... uh, but who who are some of your standout players that you thought was in the first half? Um, I, I agree with you, Alex Smith. Um, and uh, like I said, I thought you know Garrity did well on the uh, couple of saves that he did have to make. 
Um, those were, were probably my two two players of the first half. Um, yeah, Ga- Garrity. He there. There was nothing like sexy about like the the saves he made, the, but the stuff that was presented to him, he did exactly what he had to do and didn't take any like risks with anything. Yeah, no, I no thought, shenanigans. Yeah, yeah. Unlike this podcast. Well, yeah, which is full of shenanigans, and unlike the uh, Pensacola broadcast, but we won't talk about those guys. Never heard of them. Oh boy. <laughs> we, may touch, we may touch on that a little bit later, though. I do have to say, what I listened to of the replay, uh, they were they picked up their game as far as uh, match play coverage. Uh, I have to give them credit for that. Uh, I'll be honest. Um, when I was watching back the match that I've seen so far again, I had it on mute with the music playing, oh, so boy. I have no idea what their commentary was even about. So I just. They- I, were, I didn't want to. Uh, it was a time crunch for me, and I didn't want to be distracted by anything. So, you know, there were uh, no, no talk of uh, of dinner for supper or lunches, supper, dinner is whatever. Um, they did. We did get a few. Pies? We did get a few shout outs about the pie that uh, we delivered. That it was not just an apple pie, but an apple caramel pie. But due to the uh, temperature situation in the press box, uh, they were hoping to have a nice hot pie by the time uh, the match was over. So, yeah, it, it it was baked. Apparently, their AC was out in that press box, and it was uh probably what about it was eighty nine degrees in there. Yeah, it was it was horrible. It was quite it was quite funny because apparently they were talking about on the uh, on the broadcast they were having to move from window to window because the windows were kind of fogged up and they couldn't get them cleared. <laughs> so they had to move around as the play moved. They had to, to move from window to window. But anyway, we're getting off the track. Struggles of lower league soccer. Yeah, that's for sure. So we're up to. Just about the halftime, you think? Yeah, that that's pretty much the the majority of the half. It just it, there was a lot of back and forth a little bit, um, but the counters weren't that um, Pensacola was doing. Nothing was really threatening. They that they, they've settled for a couple free kicks, but nothing. Like, they didn't do anything with them. Um, everything that uh, Gary had a chance to save, he did it with ease. Like mm-hmm. it, it wasn't it wasn't like the roots game where like when Broswell had to like uh, play out of his mind to save stuff in the top right bin or top left bin or get low on anything. Right. Pensacola never really worked them. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's true. So let's move on to uh, half number two. So they changed their um, their approach. Uh, Pensacola did. Mm-hmm. Um, they they were trying to force the. Their, their midfielders were chasing the game a little more. Mm-hmm. So they were moving up the pitch to try to uh, turn the ball over, which I thought they were outside of the first little bit. Um, for the first five minutes, we actually did a good job of um, settling the ball, beating the pressure, and even got Adriano on a couple um, chances or Edu on a, on a, on a couple passes um, in free. We started to struggle with that high press. We weren't getting the ball out of um, at, out of our back um, and breaking the lines with ease. It, it seemed like we were. Um, it, it was about fifty-fifty in terms of uh, uh, whether we we're getting the ball through or if we we're turning it over. Right. Um, yeah, there was a tale of of two halves for sure. The 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 pace and the sort of the, the focus in the second half was completely different than what we had in the first half. Um, 
that's where my thoughts of us running away with it started to, uh, wouldn't say dwindle, but started like, okay, are we going to get another? Are we going to get another? And it, it didn't seem like it was going to come. Well, we did have a couple opportunities inside the box. Um, we had one off a corner, and I think there was another one where we had a, a in the run of play that De Silva had the opportunity to get onto the ball inside the six-yard box, but there was contact. He went down. I know Edu had another one where he, he uh, let it go, thinking De Silva might have had a better shot, um, and then De Silva went down again. Like, but they weren't called and which I, I actually was talking with um uh jaguar nick uh on twitter uh, i work with him and we, we noticed that last year we had a lot of penalty kicks right like um alex arides he, he was our leading goal scorer i think he had about 11 last year if i'm not mistaken um i can actually find out yeah he had 11 last year i think like six of them were pks Outside of that open cup match when we had that ten PK um or the shoot the other uh, uh, yeah, memorable right. yeah shootout. I don't I can't think of one time that we've been put on the spot this year. I can't you may be right. Um I can't recall off the top of my head, but then again I can't remember what I had for dinner last night. So um but I I, I will agree with you on that. I have we haven't seen much of that at all. Uh, one thing, I, you were just talking about this now, one thing for this match, the referee really didn't stand out to me very much, which is a good thing. Right. Um, no, you know, I don't think there was anything too egregious or too terrible, um, which tends to happen in a lot of these NPSL matches where you're like, oh my God, where do they get these refs from? I thought they were the refereeing uh, crew was very solid. Yeah, no, it was. Uh, it's always good when the refs don't make the game about them. Um, I thought they were consistent both ways. Um, I know there was a, a couple moments that uh, our team was frustrated or their team was frustrated. Overall, it was very... They weren't there. Uh, they they were there, but they weren't there. They just managed the game as it, as it came in. So right. I, I thought they probably the best refs that we've had all season. Um, even though I kind of disagree with a couple of the non-PKs, uh, I think there was about three opportunities that uh, we could have uh, maybe had a call. Maybe, um, yeah. But I do, it's, I do remember a couple, but they weren't like egregiously, you know. Yeah, well, I think all of them. We were on one side of the field, and I think all three of them were on the other side. So right. it was a little difficult to see from. Uh, Right. Uh, from across the pitch, and and also watching the replay, the little bits I saw those those uh, the way their camera set up is there is hard to to when they look very extreme left or very extreme right. Um, there's some uh, awning frames that the, the awnings aren't up, but there's framework, and sometimes that blocks a little bit as well. So, right. Um, so that that kind of leaves that as well. But like I said, there was nothing for me that was like, oh my god, this is terrible, or oh my god, this is horrible. Like we get a lot of with our uh, with our with the uh, MPSL crews, especially the bash that we get at home. Um, so I only watched it until uh, about the seventieth minute, and I'm mm -hmm. trying to recall the rest of the match with yeah. um, from when we we're at Pensacola. Granted few beers in for me right uh, there, were, there were a lot of other distractions as well what so. was your what was your thoughts on we're, we're about 15 minutes away we got a two nothing lead we're turning the ball over 
It, did you think we were going to keep that clean sheet? No. No, and that's me just being pessimistic. That's not a knock on anybody or a knock on the team. But, you know, as you, if you listen back through every episode, I'm like, when are we going to get the clean sheet? When are we going to get the clean sheet? And another thing as well that, that was uh, made things difficult there, there was no visible clock yeah. um, to keep an eye. So it was kind of hard to know exactly where we were. Yeah, the, um, the only clock that they had was on the sideline in front of um, the press box. Right. And it was little small little shot clock looking thing. So yeah, it would, it would it, made no use. It was no, no use to anyone. Um, yeah, at all. Um, and speaking of that, uh, this is my first time at uh, Shoreline Field, and I thought it was a really, really great facility. Um, oh, it was great. Uh, very small. Uh, very very intimate. Nice, yeah, very, uh, very nice uh, sunsets. Um, you know, turf. Obviously, you know, the artificial turf. Don't like that so much, but um, it was a it nice little. Us that the sunset did uh, happen in the first half, where the their keepers. Uh, eyes weren't in the sun right um right. so that that was a blessing for us and our keeper didn't have to deal with that in second especially since we were like dealing with a lot of um i, I think we probably gave up about five or six free kicks in the last right. uh 15 minutes right um but fortunately for us um i think their team was sponsored by mako uh, because they were uh Those car, they yeah, cars were getting cars. shelled yeah getting shelled in the parking lot yeah Clearly. yeah so i i Pensacola even had a uh, a person uh, in their car um, to drive down the parking lot to shag any balls that uh, got away. Right, because once they hit that asphalt, the ball just took off. It's and, gone. Uh, they were down the other side, down past the library, and and down all the way down in the grass. And I think I think uh, Jaguar Nick went into the woods as well after the match to try to find some balls that ended up over in that shaded that wooded area uh, back behind. Uh, on the opposite side from where the uh, stands were. So, okay. uh, but overall I thought it was a nice, nice little facility, um, you know, for, for a public park. Um, what else do we have? So to wrap up, I guess that's really pretty much the second half. What are your post game thoughts uh, before we take a break? In the second half, I do want to say that I, when they brought in Gavin Penzone, I was actually shocked that they brought him in the midfield. So I hadn't seen him play there. Um, the games that I've seen him with the Armada and also with JFC, he's always been along that back line. And honestly, he looks smooth in the midfield. It's the, um, it's the flowing hair that makes him look smoother. Yeah. So it, it's – I just I, – I, I love how young our team is, how many uh, like 18, 19, 20-year-olds that we have on this team. And – like, we're a good team now. Like, I think we might be a really, really special team in like a year. Yeah, we'll see who we retain uh, for next season. So, but that, all right. that's really all I had for the match. Okay, that's fine. Well, what we're going to do is we're going to take a quick break. Uh, we have some post game comments from interim undefeated Armada coach uh, Matty Isles. And. Um, we also have um, Michael Gary. Yeah, post game comments from Michael Garrity, who came over and celebrated with us uh, after the match. So it was uh, a little bit of fun there. So we'll be right back after this. This episode is sponsored by Print Kingdom. Print Kingdom is a local veteran-owned business offering custom screen-printed goods to help elevate and make your small business or organization stand out from the crowd.
and we are joined by Coach Matthew. Uh, Coach, uh, talk us about this win today. So, I thought this uh, the first half we started very strong. I think Pensacola from the last game, uh, we knew they had a lot of threatening players, especially in the transition. So we prepared um, all week. We've been preparing for this game, and I think we executed the game plan in the first half. Um, second half, uh, we came out a little bit slow and Pensacola put us under the cosh a little bit in the first 15-20 minutes. But I think once we started going back to our identity and our style of play, we started to connect more passes, started to, the game started to swing more in our favour and we saw the game out and the objective today was to get a clean sheet and get a win on the road and we did that. So you had to pivot kind of early in the match when uh, Richard uh, Thompson had an injury that forced himself off pretty early. Uh, uh, how, did that, how did the team react? Yeah, so obviously it's disappointing. Richard's been struggling with his hamstring a little bit. Um, he's come back to full health with the two weeks off with no game. But unfortunately today he felt it a little bit, so we had to make the early change. And We have players on the bench that come and make an impact. You know, We have quality and depth in the squad. Tommy's done such a good job at building this squad. And, um, we have great depth, so Jed came off the bench and did a fantastic job. You know, He's a leader on and off the field for us. And um, when he's called upon, he's, he, he delivers. So a fantastic performance from him, but a fantastic performance from the whole team. You know, I think um, we are going to face adversity throughout the season. And the way we react is, is everything, you know, and I think we reacted really well today. So you guys actually had, um, <clears throat> this is like the third game that Tommy has missed in the last few years. And uh, we're undefeated when he's <laughs> done it. So first it was Coach, uh, Coach uh, Jack, I believe, right? That's correct. Uh, yeah. he, he's undefeated, and now you are. Um, how do we tell Tommy he needs to step it up with his winning percentage? No, I think the way that Tommy set everything up with the staff, the players, the operations guys, is, is even if he's not here, it runs so smoothly. You know, he's done such a good job of setting us up for success, even if he's not here. You know, um, we certainly had him on the phone in Gilly's ear, giving us <laughs> tactical advice and things to do. So maybe he wasn't here physically, but he's definitely here. Uh, you know, on the phone, so giving us a lot of tactical advice and what we should do from what he was seeing on the stream and. Um, and listen, look, he's Tommy's fantastic. What he's done with the Amara, him and Nate, and the rest of the guys here and to build this. You know, like I said, he doesn't even have to be here and it runs so smoothly. But when he is, it's a little bit less stress for me because he, he takes the brunt of everything. But no, it was, it was a good experience to lead the lads today. And um, Tommy's given me a lot of advice over the years and um, more than prepared to take the team forward. Well, congratulations game. on your perfect record. Yeah, no, I know it's uh, undefeated, never lost. Two and two, yeah. So no pressure for the next game. Hopefully, hopefully Tommy has no more babies, and then uh, he can be at every single game. <laughs> That's the hot take, Tommy. No more babies. <laughs> Thank get, you so much get, for your time. Get the snip. <laughs> All right, here with uh, our model goalkeeper, Michael Garrett. Michael, so how? What are your thoughts on the game today? Yeah, look, we're very pleased with the performance from the lads. Um, I think especially in the first half, that was probably our first, our best first half all year, to be honest. Um, we were bopping the ball about really well um, and we, we kept them off brilliantly. Um, took our chances really well in the first half as well. That's something we've, uh, we've, we've looked to, to achieve in this game, taking our chances and punishing teams. And that's something we did definitely in the first half. Um, obviously, we're, we're all delighted from very front to, to the back with the clean sheet. Everyone put in a shift and it's good to to get the first one and get off the mark for the year and hopefully, hopefully we can push on from here. Yeah, definitely for sure. I've been hoping for a clean sheet all uh, season. Drove all this way to get it, so that's good to see. Uh, in the second half, there seemed to be a little bit more pressure. Did you have to make any adjustments at all um, in how you were, your approach? Yeah, I think second half, um, it's natural. I think um, they needed to, to push on and get a couple of goals for their results, so that's natural the way the game kind of shifts. 
Um, I thought we was ordered fairly well and managed it, especially in the first 15 minutes of the second half and, and nullified any interest that they had. And then I thought we saw the game really well, really well towards the end. So hopefully now two games left, we can use this as a building block and, and go from there. Thank you for your time. Safe trip home. And we are back. So those were the post-game comments. Um, one thing that kind of stood out for me from uh, Matty Isles is basically I think either you or uh, I could uh, coach this team based on uh, Tommy's system. What do you think about that? Uh, no, no. no. <laughs> Unless Tommy is on the phone to tell us what to do, well, I, I think we should. Uh, I think we should leave it to uh, the guys that are around them. Well, uh, well, well Tommy, according to coach, do not let Dan talk you into like being a special coach well i am special in a lot of different ways um but i think you know i think uh, um uh coach gailey had said that uh, tommy was on the phone pretty much the whole time with instructions the funny thing is though that i, I noticed i've kind of pulled, brought up the uh, broadcast on my phone while we were there and there's probably about a five to ten second delay so um, i don't know how effective that will be well it's we won, so that's all that counts. Oh, no, I'm not complaining. I'm not complaining at all. <laughs> Honestly, Tommy, we're undefeated without you in the last few seasons. I think we're, what, 3-0 uh, and or 4-0 and when uh, you've had to miss a game. Um, yeah. So take all the time you need. Spend time with a baby. Like, it, we, we know you're there. We, we know you're responsible for this, but as long oh, as we boy. keep winning, <laughs> oh, boy. That's go for the he, team. That's if he even listens. He says he listens, but we'll see about that. Yeah. So, we'll uh, Tommy, if you're listening to this, please let us know. How about that? Right. See if he says something. All right. All right. So, we, you guys also heard from uh, Michael Gary on there. Mm -hmm. um, you guys were also supposed to listen to uh, Alex uh, Smith and also Salo da Silva. Um, hey, I'd like to apologize happened, to both of them. Tell us. Um, I probably happened. had one too many, uh, one, one or two too many uh, drinks. And uh, I forgot to hit the power button on the, on the microphone. So the Bluetooth did not pick up any of the recording. So. Also, tell them what else happened. Somebody left with your microphone. Still clipped. Oh, Alex Smith has it. No worries. It, 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 if he keeps playing like that, he can. I'll buy, him, I'll buy a new microphone each time. Maybe next game he plays, we can leave it clipped on. We can do like sounds of the game. Oh, maybe what we could just interview him while the game's going on. What kind of range does that microphone have? Have we tried that out yet? I don't know, but we can test it. Yeah, we could uh, maybe pick up some uh, an Armada first, which is you know in-game uh, in-game uh, commentary from from whoever's on the field. Honestly, Alex was probably one of my favorite interviews that I've had this year. Um, he he is a great communicator, so. Um, like that's not something that everyone always has, but like uh, people like Elijah Howell, him, they they are very well spoken. They are deliberate what they say. I know he was amped up, uh, already switched his focus to New Orleans, which is our next match, and his thoughts were uh, they got one on us last time, and uh, pretty much he wants to flip the results. So okay. he's uh, uh, kind of uh, excited for. Um, the mindset of the boys and uh i know uh salo his uh his thoughts on the game were um that it, it was great to be a part of uh joining this team and being allowed to participate and it was great to get a couple goals in his uh mpsl debut for the armada so it's i, I wish you guys could hear it well, I'll, we'll I'll, to, uh, I'll own up and my bad we'll have to take your word for it 
as far yeah. as we know, none of that ever happened. I don't know. You could just be making that up. All right. So let's move on to player of the match. Who did you have down for player of the match? Alex Smith. Uh, it, it was a clear cut decision for me. Uh, I, I thought he read the game well. I he he won all of his one on one battles. He made some key interceptions. He had some attacking movement at times. Um, it it just he, he played very well. You took the words right out of my mouth, except for one set of words, which is work rate. Um, just, just an amazing hustle and, and, and hard work from, uh, from Alex. He was my choice as well. So let's find out uh, who the listeners chose. Um, we had four players uh, up for consideration. We had Michael Garrity, who came in at 12% of the vote. Uh, Edith Coinberg came up with 20% of the vote. Uh, Alex Smith, your choice, my choice, came in at 24, and that leaves uh, Salo, don't call me Sailor, Da Silva. Um, you know, wa- with, watch it stick. Watch that nickname it could be. stick. It could be. I think we were already working on a Popeye-themed uh, chant for him, uh, a song for him, uh, for maybe for the next match. Uh, he came in at 44%, so he's the uh, no prior, no podcast player of the match. So congratulations. So it, he, he played well. He put in a very good shift. Um, Edu uh, set him up a couple times, and uh, I, I don't know if I agree with everyone on this one, uh, but like he, he did play well. Um, but Edu definitely really set him up with some really great chances. Right. One so- thing I didn't bring up is... So I earlier today I actually calculated all the assists for um, this season for the Armada. Do you do you want to take a wild guess on who has the most assists and how many they have for the team? No, I, I suck at, at stuff like that. Go ahead. Edu Coimbra, and he has five assists uh-huh. to go with his four goals. Right. So if we counted those assists as like half goals. You know, he would be. I'm just saying, he he's he. There are nine goals that he was a uh, he was the guy or was the guy that set up the guy, hmm. and that's not counting any like hockey assists that he was also a part of. <laughs> so good old hockey assist. He Edu, I think, is playing out of his mind right now, and it, it's shocking that there he's not a professional yet at this stage if he wants to be a professional i don't know i haven't had that conversation with him but that that guy is good enough to be playing in a league higher than the npsl and well that guess you know like i said like the uh like the see-through coffin it remains to be seen so we'll we'll, uh maybe we can ask him about that what his aspirations are um oh i plan on doing that on uh on wednesday okay just so, remember to turn your mic on. Yeah, no, I don't know if I want to ask him that on the uh, on the broadcast or whatnot, but I'm curious because uh, I heard that in one of the previous games that he actually transferred back to the school he was playing at in Delaware mm-hmm. uh, from Oral Roberts, um, and it sounds like he just felt more at home there. Right. So it's I'm curious what he's uh, what his plans are. That'll be interesting to see. Okay, let's move on to the uh, conference standings. Derek, you want to go over that? Sure, why not? So, 
Remember, NPSL does things by points per game. Um, so in first place in the Gulf Coast Conference, Southern States is leading with a 2.125 points per game, total of 17 points after the 3 nothing win over Southern States. Jacksonville Armada also has 17 points and a 2.125 points per game. But they only have a not plus nine goal differential after their win against Pensacola. Southern States has a plus 14 goal differential. Tallahassee, who beat the Florida Roots three to two, they are now sitting at 14 points and have a 1.556 points per game with only one game remaining. New Orleans, after their three nothing loss, actually drops the fourth place with 1.5 points per game, sitting at 12 points. Um, and they have two games remaining. Pensacola is sitting at one point per game with a total of eight points. They are now almost eliminated from the playoffs at this point. Uh, they have to get a result in their next match. And then we have um, the Florida Roots, who nine games played, nine losses, zero points, negative 16 goal differential. And this is like their fourth or fifth straight game of losing by one goal. They were even down to Tallahassee by three goals at one point before fighting back and getting two. Um, I do want to shout out AFC Mobile. Um, their supporters actually uh, made the trip to Tallahassee to support Tallahassee against uh, the Florida Roots this past week. And... Uh, their team is actually still technically sitting higher than the Florida Roots based on goal differential. Yeah, I'm a little upset by that. They drove past us to get to Tallahassee. Yeah, I, I messaged the Pineapple about that. <laughs> yeah, it's like, boy, really, you could have had a shorter trip. And yeah. they could have learned something. They could have learned about Saturday, Saturday, Saturday service. They could have learned that. Now, Maybe we've, we we invite them to Southern States. Uh, yeah, who doesn't want to root against Southern States? Right. Well, we, we have to hire them because I don't think I'm going to be going. Maybe one of them can go in my place. Yeah. Well, we, we do have some supporters uh, for the Armada that have relocated to Texas that will definitely be there. So yeah, the legendary Jake Sillick going to be making yeah. a trip. Well, but he's also going to be making an appearance here in Jacksonville. Um, but he said he's stopping off at Southern at Southern States for the match there. So he he might be our only. Uh, if, you're, if you listen to this podcast, send us a Silic selfie to let us know that you're listening. Yes, the legendary uh, so, Jake Silic, the baby, the boy, the man yeah. of the hour. He's going to have a lot of responsibility on those those large, pasty white shoulders of his. <laughs> oh, Jesus. So, uh, we love you, Jake. <laughs> All right. So, it's a big uh, week slash weekend. In the Gulf Coast Conference, uh, we've got, uh, of course, we Wednesday. All know... Yep, go ahead. Yeah, so Wednesday, there's only one game in the conference. All eyes are on Jacksonville versus New Orleans Jesters. Yeah. If the Jesters win, they clinch a playoff spot and actually move into third place. Um, Pensacola would be eliminated before this weekend um, starts. If Jacksonville wins or draws, they guarantee a one versus two matchup to close out their season against Southern States on the eighth 
of July. So this is a, a very big game for both teams. Both teams uh, still actually... They have a chance to both win the league. Um, Jesters is kind of unrealistic um, since they have to make up uh, 13 goals against uh, <laughs> Southern States and Armada. They have to make up uh, 10 goals. And seeing that the Armada and Southern States play each other still, um, right. if they draw, they they would all end up with 18 points, which that that's what, how Jesters would be able to win the league still. Um, but they they can theoretically get to third place still uh, have and have a very outside shot at second place. That coach, uh, Kenny Farrell's crafty. I don't know how he's going to go up with 13 uh, goals in two games, but you never yeah, know. Yeah, please don't bring a Snickers. I don't know. I'll have oh. one ready. We'll see what, what, if the, what the, what the situation will be a situation with Snickers. I, I hope it's an ice cream one, and I hope you keep it in your pants. <sighs> Okay, moving on. We're not going to be talking about each other's <laughs> pants. Um, so, but we also have a couple other games this weekend on July 1st. Um, Tallahassee uh, plays their final game of the NPSL Gulf Coast season. They play Pensacola FC in Gene Cox Stadium in Tallahassee. Um, if they win, they're most likely uh, sitting in third place. Um, I, I don't see them actually climbing up into a top two position, but they're they definitely lock in their uh, playoff um, punch their playoff ticket with a win or a draw. Um, but I'm sure they're trying for that third place uh, spot. That way, they still leave the outside hope of maybe they get a home playoff game if uh, results go their way. So and, the, and then there's, go ahead. Go ahead. Let's say, what's the other match? So we got Southern States hosting Florida Roots. Um, Southern States have two more games. Both of them are at home. Both of them are in Hattiesburg. Florida Roots, nothing to lose. They're winless right now. This is their last game, their last opportunity to get on the, uh, get into the, um, get a point on the board. Right now. There are uh, there are ninety three teams in the um, in the NPSL. They're sitting in ninety second. Right. They've had five straight games where they've lost by only one goal. They're still fighting. Um, I think from from a I, I know Pensacola has eight more points than them. I think Florida Roots has been a tougher fight for our team than Pensacola. Um, and personally, I think Florida Roots gets a point, a draw, or Ooh. a uh, win in this game. Ooh. Um, I, my heart wants, you know, obviously, I'm never never going to root for uh, Southern States. I don't think there's a scenario where I would root for Southern States. Um, I'm hoping for a, a draw or would love to see a win. Um, if I had to pick which uh, one of these matches I'm going to would watch the weekend, it's definitely going to be that Southern States Florida roots because uh, I'm going to be pulling for them uh, to to upset. Uh, Are you sure? Because that Tallahassee Pensacola, they're both tied on points in that eight five zero cup. I um, so winner actually uh, takes home the eight five zero cup. I think Pensacola is up on like goal differential in that right, right now. Now I, w- I w- I'm, I'm going to be watching that uh, Southern States uh, Florida roots match. 
going for the roots. Okay. What 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 do you think the the score line is going to be for both games? The um, I'm seeing a Tallahassee Pensacola draw. Oh really? Yes. Uh, one 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 maybe two two. I'll stick with one one. And then Southern States roots reality. I think you see Southern States winning that by two one three one. Um. My heart wants to say Roots pull off the upset, last minute win 2-1. So go either way. I'm not going to commit on that. So I think Tallahassee wins 3-1. to one, And I think Florida Roots gets the draw 2-2 two to two, or wins it 2-1. to one. So they come away They come away with the season with a point. And hope for next year. Yeah, that's true. And it also set up a 1-2. Uh, a uh, versus two. Um, a, you, know, you say hope, hope for next season. There's a phrase in the UK, it's the hope that kills you. So, um, you know, good luck to them. That's all I can say. Good luck to those roots. So, um, and then we wrap up the season the weekend of uh, July 8th. Um, but we'll get into those games next episode. Okay, we're going to leave those to the next episode. Okay, because there's a lot. Yeah, I guess, there's, I guess there's a lot of scenarios that could happen. Well, I know honestly. you. I know you love your scenarios, but there's probably not time for that now. Well, it, it's all. It, it's all going to depend on what happens Wednesday, um, and then that Tallahassee game. Honestly, is going to be the the biggest factors in it. Right. Um. It, it's next the the. Game, the two games on the eighth, it just there. There's so many different uh, scenarios that can happen in terms of seating, um, but it's right now the Armada. They're guaranteed a uh, top three seed right now, um, unless something crazy happens. Where no, actually they're guaranteed a yeah, unless something crazy happens where Tallahassee uh, overcomes a seven goal differential uh, to pass us. Um, but this, if the Armada get a win or a draw, they lock up at least the home game that would be played on, I think the 11th or 12th Okay. of, um, so this, this is a big game for the city. People need to show up, bring your friends, bring your mama, like bring your baby mama. I don't know if you want to bring them both at the same time. Well, but, yeah, uh, that's yeah. true. A little, little baby mama drama. Yeah. Um, but, you know, there's always uh, room for a little more excitement there at the friendly confines of Hodges Stadium. All right, so this uh, episode we recorded early in the week because we do have a midweek match on Wednesday. Our next episode, will we made a, a uh, podcast executive decision, and we'll be recording uh, again after um, the coming weekend's uh, results because, you know, like you said before, that kind of works out how, you know, the, all the scenarios are going to play out. And there are plenty of scenarios, or some like to say scenarios. So do you have anything else, Derek? Go Armada. Go Armada. Thank you for listening. Bye.